0: This podcast is brought to you by Mezcala Nursery, located at 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California 90805. Mezcala is family-owned, family-ran since 2007. This is the house of succulents growing grounds, you guys. I'm talking everything you can possibly imagine in the succulent realm, from your common everyday plants to more rare and obscure imports. They have all kinds of different cacti and euphorbias. They can service your landscaping needs. And they have a bunch of hoop houses dedicated to houseplants. And I go to Sergio anytime I have to do a pop-up. Anytime I'm going to do a pop-up, I go to them and I keep my shop stocked by supporting Mezcala. They have everything you need in one place. Mezcala is also on Instagram, at Mezcala Nursery. They keep their stories updated daily of these plants that can come and go really quickly. You could miss it. Make sure to go show them some love. It's also very family-friendly, and the customer service is on point. I'm there all the time. I bring my kids with me. They always have a great time. 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805, Mezcala Nursery. Welcome back everyone to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on July 8th, 2021 with my guest Janice of Reiki May Energy Healing. Janice is such an incredibly amazing and beautiful woman who I absolutely adore. She has taught me so much and we've developed such a great friendship. She joined me today all the way from Costa Rica Janice is an intuitive energy healer offering an array of different services. She truly is gifted, you guys. You have to go check her out at quantum.yin on Instagram or at Reiki May. That's May M-E-I. She also has a website, reikimei.com. In this episode, we discussed all kinds of different topics from spirituality to healing, mental health, and plant medicines. I really, really enjoyed her company and I hope you guys enjoy too. Here's Janice. What's going on, Janice?
1: Not too much, Garrett. Just excited to be connected with you again right now.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked.
1: Yeah, it has.
0: Yeah. It's been nice that you've made yourself available for me uh, via chat, like Instagram, and I really appreciate that, the time that you've given me
1: course yeah I'm super excited to just catch up with you in general
0: <laughs> awesome where are you right now where are you talking to me from in the I'm world? in
1: Costa Rica I'm in Santa Teresa Costa Rica oh by the way it's 1222 right now 222 two, two. oh cool um, yeah so I'm in Costa Rica and I've been here for about like nine months now
0: wow mm-hmm. what brought you out there
1: honestly like an invitation from a friend Mm -hmm. um I came down simply just to visit him and somehow that just spiraled into this whole journey Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've lived like many lives even since being in Costa Rica um so much has unfolded but yeah I didn't really come here originally to like move here move here I just came to visit Mm -hmm. but For now, it really feels like it's home for the foreseeable future.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) And you've traveled quite a bit over the years, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. I started traveling when I was young because I was actually born in China. Okay. And then I came to the United States when I was like four, either four or five. Um, So I kind of got my feet wet with travel even at a young age. And then since then, like, I traveled in college, I like studied abroad and like around Europe. And then I spent a lot of time in Bali, like two years ago, too.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah. And were you were you on a quest for something when you were doing these travels?
1: Hmm, it's a good, i good question. I guess the only quest that I was on was just to experience something that I was unfamiliar with. Mm. And I feel like, since I've been young, I've always been kind of courageous mm-hmm. um, and I always just want to like go with the flow. So if I feel something intuitively, like there's like a magnetic pull somewhere, I listen to it, I follow it and then I just allow it to sort of unfold. Nice. So you could call that surrender or whatever. And then I, I always just know that it's going to unfold in a way that I could have never expected.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, so I'm hearing you surrender to your intuition.
1: That's exactly it
0: follow Mm -hmm. your heart.
1: Follow your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Let it guide you. It's our greatest compass.
0: Yes. Do you mind um, touching on what your training has been and what you do for a living?
1: Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the energy work, which is how we met,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, I studied traditional Usui Reiki, which is the traditional Japanese modality of Reiki. Mm -hmm. Um, Got certified at that in that at the master level
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then I also got a tune to angelic Reiki which is just a different frequency of Reiki um and then I also got a tune to Sakem Krem which is an Egyptian energy healing and then now it's sort of transmuting into just I don't know like intuitive based coaching healing whatever it's meant to be mm-hmm. um and then I'm also writing right now I'm I'm a writer um For a company where I do articles on wellness and spirituality, Mm -hmm. holistic health, healing. And then I'm also working on guided meditations that are going to be released on um, an app called Retreat Sounds. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: How cool. Uh, I'd like to go back there for sure. I'll circle back to how that got started and where you found that uh, and more into your story. But I'd like to touch on how we met if that's okay?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: So yeah, I was going through some difficult times. I, w- I would say it was almost a couple years ago now, what is, maybe a year and a half, 18 months.
1: It blows my mind. Yeah, because it really feels like it was literally like a month ago. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, because I, I had was still f- fresh out of jail. Actually, I was incarcerated for six months. And uh, unfortunately, and I got out and I had kind of lost touch of my spirituality and I was on a spiritual quest for sure uh, because this is something that I had found in the past could help relieve me of these woes and the, my addiction and my mental health issues. And uh, yeah, I was in, I had taken a trip up to the mountains and then went to Santa Monica and I had been doing a lot of sound baths actually in Santa Monica at uh, Be Crystal Clear and uh, doing a lot of meditations and stuff like that trying to to get back in touch with my spirituality and i was actually searching through google and i found your practice which is called reiki may correct
1: mm-hmm. reiki may energy healing
0: mm-hmm. correct. so i found reiki may energy healing on google and you were in santa monica you still have that spot there
1: Um, That spot is still going. Actually, it's owned by a wonderful friend, Joseph. Mm -hmm. And I was just renting a room there and his Reiki practitioner. So they still exist and they're still doing work there.
0: Yeah. Great, great. So yeah, when you come back to the States, you you use that space, correct?
1: I do.
0: Right. So yeah, Yeah. I found you and uh, reached out. I think I maybe even left a voicemail and you got back to me rather quickly. And we eventually met up and I honestly hadn't really experienced the type of mystical experience that I ended up having. And I wasn't anticipating it at all. What I anticipated was, you know, similar. I, I similar to the other things that I was experimenting with, with yoga and uh, meditation and uh, sound baths. I was even doing acupuncture, but mm-hmm. when I came into your practice, uh, I had, low expectations for some reason and what I found was uh, a mystical experience for for lack of a better word a better way to describe it and you guided me through this practice and uh, I ended up having what could only be described as as like an out-of-body experience Um, I remember you were working on my heart Uh, when you came above my heart I burst into tears completely unexpectedly I would uh just released a lot of pain and um yeah i i had this conversation with my inner child you you guided me through this conversation with my inner child and i was like i had this sense of compassion for him and i could like feel him and i could hear him and see him and talk to him and uh you guided me to this tree and behind the door was my ex-girlfriend who passed away, she unfortunately overdosed a few years ago and uh, I saw her and I got to have a conversation with her and she told me to let her go, let her go, let me go Garrett, you know, move, you you have to move forward, you have to let me go and I I since then have, do feel like I've been able to um, cope with and that was the first time I've dealt with her death really uh it was the first time i was even willing to look at it and it had been a couple years by that point and uh, you know we invited my ancestors into the practice and uh, i had these voices speaking to me comforting me because it was scary and very intense uh, you know almost psychedelic it was reminiscent of psychedelic experiences i've had and uh these calming, soothing, reassuring voices were telling me that my addiction was all for a higher purpose. And they're like, you made it back, Garrett, you made it back. It was all for the greater good. Now you can use your experience to help others, which is what I was doing at the time, but I wasn't, I wasn't like solidified in it yet. And that really, that, that moment solidified my path on trying to give back and heal other people going through the same experience. And, um, you gave me my first tarot reading and Mm -hmm. the alignments and the just how on point it was like blew my mind.
2: I
1: still remember which card you pulled too. It was the star ancestor Uh card Mm -hmm. from the angels and ancestors deck. And it was just talking about like having past lives and the stars. And um, it's really interesting because I resonate with that so much. And I feel like in some way we are connected, like our souls are in some way connected. I mean, the fact that you literally own my van when I moved, you own my van now. And then I was a part of like this pivotal moment for you. And then now we're meeting back up again in this podcast. It's so interesting to see how that aligns and who knows, we could have had past lives together in the stars.
0: Right. (laughs) Totally. No, I totally believe that. And I, I, I really just like helped me remember who I really am, like my spiritual self, this, this particular session. And um, yeah, it changed my path completely, Janice. I then became far more in touch with my spirituality. I learned about myself. I learned that I'm a medium and that you know, that I'm an empath and all these things. And it's like opened up a door of just light. So thank you. And the next day I had no symptoms. Zero. I was in such a bad place, Janice, PTSD-wise. For the next two days, maybe longer, I had zero symptoms. Colors were brighter, vivid, more vivid. I was looking at my plants, tripping out like, am I on mushrooms right now? Because the colors are so much brighter. It was strange.
1: It's like, it's like putting in like a new pair of contacts or something. Or yeah. like putting on glasses for the first time. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, I'm curious, Garrett, too, because... I always think like in these pivotal moments, when you're meant to meet someone on the path or on the journey, it always interests me to get in touch with what drew someone intuitively to be at that point in space and time. Like, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like we were meant to meet, but like, you could have found anybody on Google. Right. So like what, how did you pick up intuitively that you were meant to work with me?
0: Well, I looked, I was shopping around. I really was. And, uh, (laughs) I looked at your website and I, I read about your training, and um, this might sound bad, but like ethnicity had had a play in it for sure. the mm-hmm. fact that you were Asian, um, you know because I'm Filipino, and I just it felt it felt like safe with you, you know. Yes. and um, yeah, I, I I just you were the only person I actually left a voicemail for.
1: Wow, wow. It's just yeah that's intuition it's just a feeling you just felt like this is the only person that just feels like I should call.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's wow. a photo of you with a teepee and I was like oh <laughs> this girl's so cool i want to work with her.
1: <laughs> yeah. I miss that teepee. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So how how did you get started on all this? Where where let's let's go back to the beginning.
1: Um So I feel like to go back to the beginning, I'll talk a little bit like about my childhood.
0: Yeah, however Um, you feel.
1: Yeah, because at the time when I was a child, I didn't know what these mystical spiritual experiences were. I couldn't have ever put a name to them. Mm -hmm. My parents in some ways are spiritual, but more in like a dogmatic way, like a fear-based way. Mm -hmm. Um, So we weren't talking about like, energy or like angels or things like that but I was having these experiences as a child like in my dreams I would go to these places that I've never been in this incarnation like up till my childhood I've never been to these places that I would go in my dreams Mm -hmm. and specifically I would go to this one place it's really interesting um to this day I still don't exactly know what it means but I don't think that really matters um I would go to this like monastery, but it felt like this really like celestial monastery. Mm -hmm. Everything was almost like this gray, like hue, like it was like kind of like dark, Mm -hmm. not dark, like energetically dark, but like the, the color was dark. And then the only pop of color that you'd see in this place in the scene was, um, these silk yellow robes that all the monks were wearing. Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, I was looking out at all these monks and what I assume is that possibly this could be, you know, a memory or I could be tapping into some sort of dimension where this celestial monastery really is, Mm -hmm. you know, but it felt like I was maybe like one of them. And at the time when I was a child, like I could have never guessed what that was. So I ignored it. Right. Um, And then... So other mystical things would happen. Like I started picking up on like synchronicity,
2: Mm. you
1: know, but I didn't know how to put a name to it. Like, for example, I'd be a kid and I would like, the TV would be on and I'd hear like a phrase or a word. And then I'd be reading the same phrase or word in a book at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like these little synchronicities that now it's like commonplace. But as a child, I remember being like, I remember just like kind of looking dumbfounded and being like, does anybody else like see this right now? Does anybody else know that this kind of stuff happens? Because yeah. it feels like strange, but I have no like words to like equate it to. Yeah. Um. So then anyways, like I started, I feel like the, the spiritual experiences happened as a child, didn't know how to put a name to it. And then even moving into like my teens, do you remember like the MySpace era?
0: Of course, loved okay.
1: it. Yeah. I loved MySpace too. Um, I remember I made like an anonymous MySpace account Mm -hmm. where basically it was like a ask Shirley type of like thing, Mm -hmm. but I I disguised myself and I just made it purely for advice. And I was a kid, like, I don't even know what sort of advice I could have been giving people at that age. (laughs) But I feel like that's when I started picking up that I wanted to help people is essentially Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. what that is and people would like write in like send me messages and I would respond to the best of my ability like what I would do or like remind them that they're amazing so it started like I started seeing at a young age that I wanted to help people and then kind of my journey was like detangling and deprogramming um, more of like the expectations that my family had, yeah. that the matrix had for me. I didn't do anything mystical. I went into advertising.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I worked at an advertising agency, um, for a couple years and completely shut out anything spiritual was like just completely in trance in this world mm-hmm. that didn't actually resonate in my heart, but I felt like I had to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the most pivotal point for me was I actually got fired from that job. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was a huge failure. I was afraid of what my parents would think. I was afraid of what my friends would think. And I felt like a lot of shame around it at the time. But that was the moment that the universe gave me the opportunity to like, rewrite the story you know like I can go choose my next adventure and then that's how it all like blossomed into this yeah yeah
0: wow yeah yeah I've had those kinds of experiences too where you like hear Mm -hmm. a word in your head and then someone says it right after you know Mm -hmm. just bizarre and strange mystical experiences in the house with spirits and seen a lot of darkness as a child I saw you know those kinds of things and Mm-hmm. There'd be like a a ghost in my room, or you know all kinds of weird little things, but i didn't know you know you know
1: right, and that's something that we talked about too, because in our first session like i I felt that from you, like I felt like your third eye was really open,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I told you it was like you are an open medium, and that's something that you can even develop even further, and that i'm always continuing to develop as well, but being in the work that you were at, like helping people in recovery, like there's a lot of like energy that comes along with that, yeah. a lot of density. And so something that we worked on was just energetic boundaries, you know, because you're open. So you're, you receive information, you receive this stuff from other people. So now it's about like, how do I stay within my own energy signature and not take on like other people's stuff essentially, which yeah. is what I feel like a lot of, your healing was too. It was taking on stuff that wasn't even yours.
0: Right. Totally.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and so you realized you wanted to help people. And mm-hmm. how, when did it, when did you start like actually going down that path?
1: That's right. Um, so when I moved to Los Angeles,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I found a Reiki healer. Actually, let me back it up a little sure. bit. In college, even when I was living in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. um, I remember going to my first Reiki healing. I think I found her on like Groupon or something. Mm -hmm. I had never heard of Reiki. I think I was looking for a massage actually. (laughs) I was looking for a massage and then I saw like Reiki and then I read like these things about the chakra system and energy and universal light. And even though I didn't really know what those things meant, I felt like just a resonance. I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. So I went in to see this woman and I received my first Reiki session. And that was definitely the most like mystical experience I had at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like my entryway into like the metaphysical world where I was starting to see energy, feel energy moving through, like getting insights, kind of like you said, like these voices that are essentially, you could call it our guides or a higher self. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I had that Reiki session with this woman and then I actually became a flight attendant for like a year in California. And eventually I just kind of burned out from that. Like I just felt like energetically, intuitively, it wasn't for me anymore. Mm. And then I ended up seeing a Reiki healer. So this was only my second time ever receiving Reiki, but this time it was in Los Angeles. And it was such a profound experience, and I had such a deep connection with my healer that I ended up studying with him. Mm-hmm. And then that's how my whole journey started. So I studied with him,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then off the bat, after I finished my um, Level 3 Master Course, I just started giving Reiki, and then I sort of like felt like I learned as I, I went. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. well that's courageous like you were saying that's definitely courageous of you to uh start practicing and learn as you go but that's the best way to learn anything
1: you're so right and i have reflected on that garrett i almost feel like i look back on that and i'm like if i were to be where i'm at now
2: Mm -hmm.
1: could i have just went into it so almost like blindly you know and i almost feel like i couldn't have because Now I feel like I would have like wanted everything to be perfect. I would have needed to be like, like exemplary to like even start like giving (laughs) sessions to someone, you know, Uh because of like that blind, like reckless abandon, I was like, you know what, like, I'm just going to put myself out there. Like you really just have to almost go into it blind, like fully trusting and having faith that like, as long as I have good intentions and my intention is to help people, then it's something that I want to do. And that's what I did. And it was mostly like the feedback that I was getting from people and the clients and knowing that it actually helped them. That made me want to keep going and developing further.
0: Janice, there's a beautiful lesson in there. And I I found that same lesson with uh, substance abuse counseling. Actually, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I took some classes and stuff. But there's nothing more nothing uh, more strengthening than actually practice and doing it you know and that's the same thing hearing feedback is reassuring because i questioned myself a lot being being an anxious person and um mm-hmm. yeah, i i found that it was like something that i was good at something i would have never imagined that would be something i'd be good at i was on the other end of the spectrum you know so there's a beautiful lesson there for for the listeners and and uh, but there's mm-hmm. something we've been talking about on the podcast is putting yourself out there having the humility and the vulnerability to just do whatever your heart is telling you, you know, which is really hard to overcome. There's that blockage. Yes. Your mind's telling you don't do it. You're not going to succeed, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I think too, what I love to remind myself and remind other people of is like, everybody's always trying to like find their purpose. Like what is my purpose? What is my path? What should I be doing? And usually it comes down to, like, the things that you're naturally drawn to. Yeah. The things that come easy. Like, for me, since I was a kid, I wanted to help people via MySpace in some
2: way, mm. you know? And,
1: like, look how it, like, started to unfold. And for you, like, I'm sure you had the same. Like, you wanted to help people. And sure. question, were you interested in plants at a young age, too?
0: Oh, always. Yeah. yeah. I started collecting orchids when I was a kid. That was, oh my like, God. my favorite. Orchids and air plants. Yeah.
1: Right. It's yeah. usually, like... Our inner child knows. Yeah. Yeah. Our inner child knows what our path is. It's what we naturally love.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's where the fork in the road came, where I found myself getting burnt out on substance abuse counseling just because of the energy exchange, like we were talking about. And I'd love to talk about an incident that you actually helped me with in that too. But, um, the plant business was starting to thrive and I didn't know what to do, you know? And my heart was telling me, just go, go for the plants, go. And I did it. I finally pulled the trigger and I did it. And I couldn't be more, more happy with that decision. It was the best decision I've ever made was to, I, I don't plan to leave substance abuse forever, but I, at this time, this is what I needed, you know, cause I'm healing and I'm, I'm like, trying to get better and and that was just holding me back you know i wasn't ready to be exchanging energy with people like that on that capacity and that often
1: right exactly and in some way you're still in service it's just a different way now
0: sure
2: and
1: you're even reaching like so many people and like each one of these podcasts in itself it's like it's healing you know
0: yeah i find it to be therapeutic actually these even just these conversations uh despite what the content may be uh, socially for me, you know, when I first met you, I was very guarded, very quiet, um, and closed off. And since that experience, I would say that would be where I started to open up and, um, you know, it led to eventually me getting here. And this podcast has been so therapeutic and I've been able to explore those topics as well. This addiction, I keep finding more and more people that have gone down the same path which is bizarre you know Mm -hmm. i keep running into empaths i keep running into people that are are mystics you know and i feel like i've known them my whole life like i feel Mm -hmm. with you it's bizarre yeah yeah
1: we're like soul family right Mm
0: -hmm. totally Mm -hmm. like star seeds however you want to call it
1: yeah yep. our soul tribe (laughs) yeah raising the human raising the vibration of humanity together. (laughs) Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's go into plants. I know that uh, you've had some experiences with different plant medicines and could you talk about maybe how plants have been a part of your life?
1: Yeah. So I would say that the plants, the plant medicines that have been most helpful for me on my journey are ayahuasca combo and hape
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would say that my whole last year, honestly, it felt like it was like an ayahuasca year.
0: <laughs> That's what you were telling me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because like last year it was my first time I ever sat with the medicine. And then I ended mm-hmm. up sitting 11 times last year.
2: Mm.
1: So with that being said, like, I actually don't have any plans to sit with ayahuasca anytime soon Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's really important to integrate the experience and like really be able to like live out what you've learned in those ceremonies. Because if you don't give yourself time to allow it to settle and like allow yourself to actually live with these new insights as a part of you, then you can kind of get stuck on this like hamster wheel. And I don't want to do that. So last year was my ayahuasca year. This year is my integration year. Yeah. But I will say that the, the ayahuasca, um, the divine intelligence that she is fast-tracked my journey like tenfold. And I really don't know at what point I'd be, where I'd be if I hadn't sat with her last year Yeah. because I think that she has an ability to literally fast-track you into your alignment
2: mm. because.
1: You're quickly able to remove the weighted backpacks, you know, that are holding mm. you from that, like that higher alignment. So you're just shedding, you're shedding. And last year was like a lot of shedding. And it was also like the most vulnerable year I ever had. Mm. I had to face some really hard truths that my ego was protecting me from probably mm. all my life. Um, like childhood trauma that I was not aware of, Um And I remember very vividly in my first ayahuasca ceremony that I had this moment where I looked at my body as if it was like the first time I had looked at my body. I was like looking at my hands and looking at my feet and just, I was like, I'm so sorry. I will never leave you again. Like I will never neglect you again. And it was almost like this moment where I came back, like my, my soul came back into the body, like yeah. I was able to merge and integrate as one, and then move forward and not be like a fragmented version of myself.
0: Oh, uh, I love that. You know? Yeah.
1: Woo! It was big. It was it was profound. Yeah.
0: For sure, profound.
2: profound. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it wasn't all just hard stuff either. It, it was also so much fun like dancing with yeah like the cosmos and the angels and like a celestial party it's it's also like so so enjoyable as well Mm -hmm. um but i would say too that since i've sat with ayahuasca my ability to tune into my intuition and my psychic abilities my mediumship abilities have all like heightened wow um since working with the medicine and I've had some really mystical experiences since sitting on the sitting with the medicine um like astral projection and lucid dreaming and doing this really interesting like grid work while I'm in my dreams it's we can go more into that if you're interested in going into that totally like none of that stuff I mean as a kid I had these dreams but I don't feel like I was like a lucid player in them.
2: Mm. And
1: now it's more like I have these experiences and I am sort of like doing work like in these dreams.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so just one of them that I can think of right now is I had this dream, maybe like a few months ago where I entered this sort of dimension Mm -hmm. where it felt like almost like a purgatory, It was really dark. Um, There were a lot of like suffering souls. Um, Like there was screaming. It felt like what the quintessential like imagery of like hell, you know? Mm -hmm. And in this space, I was like completely conscious and aware. I was myself. And I entered in this space and I somehow knew what to do in this space. I started like pushing out my light body pushing it out almost like have you ever seen like avatar the last airbender yes okay like the avatar like just pushing out like air Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the the light was like encompassing like all of the the people and all of the souls and i just kept saying like love 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 and then everything just became obsolete and everything became white light wow so really interesting like that's one of just many different like mystical experiences I've been having since working with the medicine.
0: I'm hearing that the love was the solution to the the problems that were happening in that realm. Exactly. Yeah. That's incredible.
1: It is. I was actually having a conversation with one of my best friends this morning, sort of in this realm. And we were talking about how both like, we can talk about like in a metaphysical way, like, yeah, there's this dimension sort of like purgatory where maybe these suffering souls really do reside. Yeah. But we talked about the idea of like choice and some would say that maybe those souls are choosing to be there because they're not choosing to ascend or to transcend.
2: Mm. And that
1: inevitably, if they wanted to leave, they could. But I learned from one of my teachers, who's a very um, incredible medium, he said that sometimes these suffering souls will stay there because they had such um, horrible, disheartening lives that Mm. they don't feel that they're worthy of going into the light. They don't feel that they're worthy of moving past this sort of like purgatory, so they stay stuck Mm. there. And then me and my friend talked about today how yeah that happens on like a spiritual level but what about like also here on earth like in a microcosm in a microcosmic way like sometimes we choose to live in our own personal hell too yes because we don't feel worthy and we don't feel like we're deserving to like get out of it yeah so we stay in our like own like imprisonment our own purgatory
0: i experienced that for sure yeah i wallowed in it you know, and I felt that I didn't deserve any better and quite possibly didn't have the tools to get out, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: That's it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: That's so incredible. Would you, would you argue that, uh, the ayahuasca is actually tapping you into things that are already there? It's not necessarily a uh, hallucinogenic experience, but,
1: uh, I would say absolutely. It's almost like these things are already here they're already in existence in the quantum field we're just like taking off the blindfold yes you know yes unveiling it mm. yeah 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 definitely
0: I feel that rings true for uh, all of the plant medicines
1: exactly yeah exactly yeah it's just opening up your eyes sort of like and also like the energy work too it's like putting on a new pair of contact lenses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah i like that i like that analogy a new pair of lenses a new new pair mm-hmm. of glasses i read a, a wonderful book um that's actually about 12 step but it's called a new pair of glasses it's pretty cool um oh my gosh yeah uh cool that's pretty <laughs> yeah yeah so now you're saying that you want to integrate it which i love because like in the study that I'm in, they, they have these sessions called integrative sessions, and they're in between each medicine session. And mm-hmm. uh, so now you've done those whatever, however many sessions you said, and uh, you're allow- allowing the medicine to do it, what, it, what it does. Uh, ongoing, it, it's still affecting you and continuing to work in your life. Yes. Right. Exactly. So you don't necessarily need more sessions because you've had them
1: no and i truly feel like like with any healing work if you're like a healer your motive your mo is probably not to actually see your client again you know (laughs) because if you have to like continue to keep coming back and keep coming back throughout your whole life then that means like there's there's a gap like they're not actually like being able to like heal themselves you know
0: that's that hamster wheel
1: it's the hamster wheel and the same with the medicine i don't think that um mother ayahuasca as a spirit like wants you to keep coming back to her you know yeah i think that she wants to give you what what you need to see and then you can always come back you know with humility but i think that there is a point where some people can use it as sort of like a crutch or Mm -hmm. like a high that you can be chasing because it's so magnificent these worlds sure. but there's ways to access this higher intelligence not just with plant medicine it's an amazing path to to take yeah but there's also ways to access that just within your own being you know
0: i agree with that 100 percent. i actually haven't had an ayahuasca session but i have you know experimented with dimethyltryptamine and psilocybin mm-hmm. and stuff like that and um yeah, I, I definitely think that's true. It's to be treated with respect and uh, yes. certainly is a medicine. And, and intention is important.
1: Intention is everything. And yeah. I actually thought of that, like when you were talking about your story, about um, your initial like healing when you decided that you wanted to take this Reiki session with me, you said something. What did you say? You said... It was the first time that I was willing to look at it. Yeah. And that was, that's it. You know, some of the healing, like we can talk about like how magical and mystical it all is, which it is. But at the end of the day, it's like, it comes back to the human level of being like, I'm choosing this, yes. you know, I'm choosing to look at this. I'm choosing to heal. I'm choosing to rewrite my story.
0: Right. That yeah, mm-hmm. The medicine just uh, gives you a, uh, shows you these things and but ultimately it's on you to actually like utilize these tools and these lessons
1: exactly you're still and doing
0: the work it's not curing you or you know
1: she's just holding a mirror
0: sure yeah. yeah
1: and i find that in my daily life now too a part of the integration is like something i notice with The insights that i received with the medicine it's a lot of shadow work it's a lot of stuff that you don't want to admit about yourself yeah a lot of things that you would rather not see but that you have to see in order to become a better version of yourself not only for yourself but for other people yes and it's almost like it showed me that i cannot hide from the universe like there's always you could call them eyes watching you could call it your guide's watching, the universe watching, God's watching, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. You be, you're watching yourself. And I, it was almost like this analogy of like being a little kid and like stealing like a cookie from the cookie jar and sure. thinking that nobody could like see you. I found that there were some things in my life that I thought I was able to hide from myself. Mm. And like now, now that I know that there's no veil and that everything is seen and everything is felt, like i just am able to walk a little bit more gentler i'm a little i'm able to be a little bit more compassionate with myself and with other people because i'm able to recognize like the times when i maybe thought that i could be in my shadow and like get away with it mm. you know but she's taught me a lot about just yeah living with an open heart not only when you're in these like high vibrational like spaces but even when you're in the depths of like your darkness you know yeah even when you're in the most mundane of circumstances it's like how do you anchor that like divine energy like all the time you know yeah human level Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and to honor those other parts of yourself honor accept Mm -hmm. allow them to be
2: exactly
0: yeah instead of like pushing them away like actually allow yourself to be yourself. That's something I learned too, is these parts about myself that maybe I don't like, or I don't want other people to see. That's me. That's me. You know?
1: And the resistance to that part of ourselves, like that's where the suffering is. Yeah. The moment we decide to like not resist the parts of ourselves, we get to be free. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Avoidance. Avoidance is uh like can perpetuate Mm -hmm. issues.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I want to ask you too, Garrett, I'm so curious, like how have your sessions been or your session with the MDMA? Yeah. Like what was that experience like?
0: So I can talk about the experience, but I can't talk about the results publicly until the study is over. But I did check in with them and ask them. And so the experience is um, incredible. I I can't believe it. And I, the fact that I didn't get placebo, is a 50, 50 chance that I could have gotten placebo. And I I knew within 30 minutes that it wasn't placebo. (laughs) No,
1: definitely not placebo.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So they like, they call it in that the manual is actually public information. So anything that's public, I can speak about the manual is, um, it's an old modality and they used to use it for couples and for trauma people back in the day before MDMA was illegal. And, um, wow, it's really just a tool. Like you can't just go take MDMA and then hope to be cured from PTSD. It doesn't work like that. It's really the modality. And what they do is interdirected therapy. They, when I ask a question, they say, that's a question for your inner healer, Garrett, you know, why don't you go back inside and, and ask yourself? And so going inside, they refer to going inside, you put headphones on and you have this blindfold, which is a cool blindfold because it comes off your eyes. So you can actually have your eyes open inside of this blindfold and it's just dark but uh yeah i would I would close my eyes and put the headphones on there's these sounds like i heard the first one that triggered me and i burst into tears it was a uh, keys jingling and and it reminded me of jail you know it reminded me of being incarcerated and i immediately returned i, I felt like i time traveled janice I returned to these experiences that were so painful physically, emotionally, spiritually. I was there again, which sounds terrifying, which and it was in a sense, but the, the medicine keeps your, the part of your brain that, that causes fear shut, shut down. So you're not scared. You're able to go there again. And I had these beautiful experiences where I had a sense of compassion for myself. And, you know, I was looking at these things with like, just, yeah, compassion and, and empathy towards myself. And, I had this moment where I was, I came out and I was talking about how uh, similar to how I was incarcerated and I had no choice, but I, and I couldn't leave, you know, I was locked in this space. Uh, my addiction was also that same thing. Uh, there, uh, there was a key locked and thrown away. And and in the same sense that I was incarcerated, I wasn't able to get out of my addiction and uh that jail was the only solution for me by that point and i am so incredibly grateful for my time incarcerated it saved my life it truly saved my life because i was overdosing all the time i lost my girlfriend i was trying to find a way out desperately wanted a way out and jail was it for me and so i had this moment where my my therapist she said it's a therapy team two people uh she said uh are you saying that that jail saved your life, Garrett? And I just said, yes. And I burst into tears and I'm crying. I was able to relive this experience when I was a child of something very traumatic. And uh, I was crying even then. It's not even a painful memory really anymore. But I felt like I was that kid again. I was was in my body as a child and re-experiencing this terrible incident. And uh, it was just so liberating. I... I, I but it felt so real. I was a scared kid, scared, terrified like and and there my therapists are talking to me like, "Yeah, that's that's, you know, that's a really scary thing for you. You know, you're only 4 years old, Garrett. You're only 5 years old." And they're like almost like uh, encouraging me to be that child again. And yeah. wow, I I can't begin to tell you. Uh, I will eventually be able to talk about the results uh, afterwards, you know, but I have two more, and I'm just so blessed I'm so grateful it it's a game changer, and I think it's gonna save lives. It's gonna really save thousands and thousands of lives as well as ayahuasca and psilocybin one
1: hundred thousand percent, yeah, yeah, which is why they're here, which is why like every like everything we need for our healing is available to us right here. It's freely given, yeah, by Mother Earth.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's something yeah. that I learned from this too, is they told me like, Garrett, you don't need the medicine to do this. You know, that's what they, they sure. encourage you to remember. Remember, how did you get through these moments? You got to go inside and look at it and, and deal with it, you know? So I've learned that like, I can, I can fix these problems myself if I'm, if I'm willing, you know, now that I know how to do it, the medicine just helps
1: absolutely absolutely and sometimes it's about just setting time aside to be with yourself Mm. a lot of the time like i find that when people come in for reiki it's like they haven't actually taken a moment to inquire within Mm. or to just connect to their breath
2: Mm. or
1: to like be in meditation or to touch and feel their body it's or to journal it out it's like we sort of get into these routines and we're constantly seeking distractions. Yeah. We're like, okay, let me just go to the next happy hour. Let me do this next getaway. You know, all of these distractions when really what what our souls are calling for is just to be. Yeah. And to inquire and to commune with yourself and your spirit.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. those are some of the yeah. how, what are some of the tools that you like to use uh, aside from the plant medicines to get into these states or to heal and spend time with your, with the spirit.
2: Sure.
1: Yeah. I would say number one, it's being in nature. Yeah. Cause even right now, like where I'm at, I'm like up on like this big Hill, like in the jungle, I'm looking out at all these beautiful trees and there's butterflies all around me. And I feel most myself when I'm in nature, or at least like surrounded by it. Yeah. Um, there's I think it's there's something so healing about the energy frequencies that plants give off yes. like they're natural healers yes. you know that yes yeah of course you know this yeah so I would say be in nature like when I'm feeling ungrounded or like unclear like put your bare feet on the on the ground like go take a walk yeah. I've had moments where one of the most mystical experiences I've had was like receiving a healing from like a flower. It's, Mm -hmm. I was not on plant medicine at all. I was completely sober. I was in California and I went to go find this waterfall hike that I had found Mm -hmm. um, online. And a part of my journey on this hike was finding this flower. And for whatever reason, it was like, energetically communicating to me Mm -hmm. to like stand in front of it and I stood in front of this flower and just received like these waves of healing it like it was like receiving reiki you know but it was from the flower and I remember getting chills I could feel the energy coursing and running through my body and I felt like I had just taken like a spiritual like bath you know so Anyways, coming back to your question, being with nature, because there's so much magic that can unfold when you commune with nature. Um, Also, for me, journaling, like, Mm -hmm. I need to ask myself questions, like, I'll write questions to myself, and then I'll write down the answers to them. It just kind of allows me to have an outlet for my stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, Journaling is really helpful. Meditation is really helpful. And... Going back to the plants, too, I'll meditate and then I'll also work with um, hape, like sacred tobacco Mm -hmm. in my meditations. And I find that to be extremely helpful as well. I really resonate with hape. Like I'm taking a big break from ayahuasca, from psilocybin, from um, other plant medicines. But the one medicine that I still integrate um, quite often is hape.
2: Mm.
1: And it really helps me come into my body. It helps me feel grounded. It's so intentional. You're working with the spirit of Hopi, like you're working with the spirit of Ayahuasca. So, you know, come building a relationship with that spirit, with Hopi. And I almost feel like I do have this, like, relationship with him. It feels very masculine. Mm. Some people would say it's like the grandfather, mm. um, grandfather tobacco. And I go in with an intention. I'm like, please show me the way. Please illuminate what I need to know for this and so forth and I always get the insights I'm looking for yes. always yes. yeah
2: that's incredible so,
1: yeah meditation journaling being in nature um, and also dancing I love dancing
2: mm.
1: gotta move your body because we cannot heal like trauma with logic right. like it's not like a mental thing you know yeah. and we gotta like physically like move it. So for me, like I start my day by like dancing, having like a DJ dance party with myself.
0: (laughs) Mm, Energy movement.
1: Energy movement, exactly, yeah. Yeah.
0: I find that in running, big time, running, yoga. Running is like, it's a spiritual experience for me. It's like I'm spending time with my higher power when I run.
1: Wow. It's
0: truly like just, it's changed my life. Changed my life completely.
1: That's so beautiful. But dancing
0: too, I love dancing. I'm a huge dancer always have been
1: oh my god I hope one day we get to dance together
0: that would be awesome yeah like
1: the same like ecstatic dance event (laughs) yeah
0: for sure I can't wait to connect again
1: me too me too Garrett
0: this feeling that I get with you Janice is is, it's really nice like I might when i noticed in the beginning of this conversation like my peripherals were kind of blurry and it was like i just am zoned in and connected with you despite that there's a screen between us and we're conversing virtually i feel very connected to you and it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful i can't put it into words but you've helped me in ways that i that i'm so incredibly grateful for you know helped me get it onto a just a few more tools and you know a little more path I, li- I like tarot now i got some cards that were gifted to me my first deck was gifted to me
1: oh you're so incredibly welcome garrett and it's honestly like our connection is equally as healing for me because sometimes you can like question the path you know yeah. question like is this what i'm supposed to be doing like is this the way that i can serve and I know that the ways that I serve are ever expanding, but it's literally like experiences like with you that like show me there's something to this. Like there's so much healing that can happen not only for you, but for me as well. So like keep moving in that direction, you know? Yeah. Um, And I'm so grateful that you're also like the steward of my van, Water Lily.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Water Lily's dope. I can't wait to get her on the road.
1: I know. Me too. I can't wait to see like, the photos of the adventures that will unfold with her.
0: They're going to for sure. We spend time inside of her all the time. Like we, light, we had the fire pit out front and I got all my plants out there. So uh, my son loves it. Sage loves it. He like climbs up onto the bed and it's beautifully done. You did a great job getting that done. Thank I can't you. wait to get it running.
1: I honestly could not be happier with like who owns it. I'm so happy. She's yours.
0: Thank you. I have a little piece of you now, you know, and I don't plan on getting it, letting it go ever, you know, keep, Aww. I'll keep her.
1: That makes me happy. She's safe with yeah. me. Yeah, I trust that.
2: <laughs> um,
0: awesome. So what's what's in the works? I saw you did a music video. That was really cool. Was it a music oh, video or was it like a short film? I saw it.
1: Honestly, it kind of feels like both. That's, yeah. Yeah, one of my soul brothers, his name is Juani of Sky Society. He and I are from the same small town in Pennsylvania. Wow. Um, but anyways, yeah, he did a, he did a music video and asked me to be like the female, like archetype in it. So I said, yes. And it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I watched it. It was beautiful.
1: Great. And then I
0: saw you, he like performed it live as well. And your video was in the background playing and I saw you. It was so cool.
1: Super cool. I know. I'm super proud of him. Yeah. Yeah. But what's in the works for me now? Um, I, I'm always still learning like I'm always still studying for me like I I don't think I'll I'm not sure if I'll take any more like certifications or classes when it comes to the energy work mm-hmm. I'm just simply doing the energy work now still even when I'm in Costa Rica I do my energy work via zoom
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, remote Reiki is the same at a distance as it is in person it mm-hmm. you know it works in the quantum field But what I am studying now is intuition and mediumship Mm -hmm. and psychic in psychic abilities. Like I'm always wanting to expand because that's like a never ending journey. So with that being said, like that's always growing. And I feel like as as long as I keep opening myself up to intuitive abilities, I'll be able to continue to grow um, when it comes to like what I can offer people in my sessions, I see kind of leaning towards that way where maybe I do the energy work for some people and maybe the energy work isn't necessary. And we just have like a conversation based healing, you know, where, yeah, yeah, I use my intuition and pick up on things that the person might not see. Um, And then I also feel really called to, you're actually like bringing this out of me right now. (laughs) I haven't actually said this or like announced this, but something that's very like present in my heart is wanting to teach people how to connect to their intuition. Yeah, Like I very much see myself doing like a course in that um, because I know the miracles that have unfolded in my life simply by listening to my heart and knowing how to do that and knowing how to read signs and like, and read the language of the universe in order to figure out like, Where am I, where am I supposed to be? You know, Mm. is this person someone I should give my energy to? Is it not like picking up on these like subtle energies throughout life and allowing these subtle energies to guide you is so important. So I feel really, really called to hopefully step up into a position to teach other people to do the same. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, the lesson that I, I love out of my conversation with you and that I've experienced myself is the the healing that can happen within yourself when you help others heal. It, it's just like you mm-hmm. said, maybe not even equally beneficial, p- quite perhaps uh, even more beneficial for yourself, you know? And and that's what I've found is that you're helping others, but you're also helping yourself and, you know, solidifying your own journey. And um, I heard you say yeah. something about being uh, aware of who you exchange energy with. Uh, that, that's a hard lesson that I learned too is being cautious and selective about who you let into your life and who you exchange energy with because they can drain people like us, you know, and anybody probably, really.
1: It's true. And I had to really learn that because when you're empathic, you're also compassionate. You also have a lot of empathy, of course. You're an empath, mm-hmm. so you have empathy. And so it makes you want to, like, Sort of overextend yourself yes. sometimes, you know, at the detriment of your own energy and the detriment of your own, yeah, like your own um, time, energy, resources, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn that the most compassionate thing I can do is like also be able to love people at a distance. Yes. You no? Know? And it's having that like compassionate discernment. You're not judging anyone. Nobody's right, wrong, nobody's bad, worse, better. It's just simply alignment. Like it's it wouldn't make sense if I was meant to be aligned with every single person on earth. Nobody has time to do that, you know? Yeah. We have these select soul contracts with certain people. Like we like we you and I have a soul contract, you know? Sure. That's meant to be fulfilled and it was healing for you as it was for me. And now that we come together, it can be healing for the people that are watching this too. It's quite a beautiful soul contract. So I believe that there's people we're meant to walk this journey like parallel with like side by side, hand in hand, supporting one another and you can support everyone at a collective level. But some people you got to just learn to have like healthy boundaries with
0: for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And they have their people. Everybody's got their own soul tribe. yeah 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 Yeah.
0: this has been a very positive and uplifting episode i truly enjoyed it and i think that you have so much um knowledge and wisdom and light to share with the world that this can't be the only time we do this it absolutely can't be
1: no way just the beginning
0: (laughs) awesome i'm really looking forward to see how your path continues to unfold and uh truly uh admire where you are and uh, I love watching your stories it's so beautiful oh my gosh
1: you. <laughs> you're in you such a dope place you and the family will have to come to costa rica
0: oh, for sure she my my, wow. my girlfriend loves to travel she's really well traveled so once uh, you know things calm down a little more and sage gets a little bit bigger he's a little too young he's totally. like 14 months
1: oh my goodness yeah. wow yeah i'm looking forward to that alignment and i can't wait to see you in person and again, Garrett, like, I'm just so deeply proud of you.
0: Thank you so much. It yeah, means a lot to me.
1: Incredible! This is absolutely incredible what you're doing. Thank you're you. such a light as well.
0: And where can people find you on Instagram? It's at quantum.yin. And your Reiki page is at Reiki May?
1: Yes. It's quantum.yin. And then if they want to reach me for Reiki services, um, healings, intuitive guidance, it's at www.reikimei.com.
0: Okay. And you have an Instagram for that too as well, right? For yes, your Reiki.
1: Reiki May, Reiki yeah. and quantum.yin.
0: Anything else you want to plug?
1: No, that's okay. it.
0: <laughs> awesome. You did an excellent job.
1: Thank you. All Thank right. you so
0: much. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. If everybody could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit the share button, that helps me immensely. Thank you. Have a great day.